0: this is the culture hello everybody and welcome back to another edition of the cinema wave podcast we're back michael and i we're here to talk about probably the biggest episode of loki season 2 thus far it is episode 4 we're going to be talking to you guys it's called heart of the tva i am one of your hosts my name is darian Scalamoni. i am joined by my co-host michael penniston hello everybody happy to be back how are you doing i'm good man let's jump let's jump right into it yes. so um This is a series that has to wrap things up quickly. We talked about that on last week's episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, Episode three was a big jump in terms of what we were hoping to see out of this season. We got to see the reveal of Victor Timely, which we talked about extensively. If you guys haven't seen that episode, please go back and watch that one. But this is going to be our recap of episode four right before episode five airs on Thursday. So um, a big thing is Victor Timely is in the TVA. Mm Mm-hmm. He's with Mobius, he's with Loki, he's with the crew, and um, there's a lot. There's a lot that we have to talk about. There's a lot of interesting perspective that we start to see in terms of his role in the TVA or Boris's role in the TVA and the cool interaction they have later on in the episode. Um, there's a lot in terms of Ravona Renslayer and... Uh, her relationship with um, Kang and what she wants to take over with the TVA. So just overall broad strokes, this episode was directed by Justin Benson, Aaron Moorhead. They did a lot of Moon Knight, um, and they're actually now going to be taking over a lot of Daredevil Born Again. So now they're basically becoming these vets in the streaming space for Marvel. Uh, What was your take? um, Again, just basically uh, overall thoughts so far on the fourth episode of Loki.
1: I thought episode four was incredible. I did. I said the same thing about episode three. Um, Loki is just like a great show. It really is. But episode four, I felt like it really delivered everything that I wanted it to. Honestly, um, uh, it it really showcased so much, so much, and it left. The door open for a lot of theory which is something that i love when it comes to Mar- marvel and so you know i just thought it, it was a really good episode but we can get into
0: yeah it. i think it's theory hunting is something that sort of put marvel in that upper echelon of uh like cinematic universes for such a long time because i remember coming off of like even infinity war when i came out of that movie and you saw who was left you like started started to decipher you were like wow all right so all the original avengers are together and hawkeye's nowhere to be found but like obviously they're gonna have to come together but like what does this mean because spider-man has a movie coming out in a couple months then you start to theorize some of the things that would happen that's like the bigger picture loki handles so much in the center of this multiversal storyline that has for the most part underwhelmed so far so i think that by the end of this series we're gonna have a lot of we're, well, I shouldn't even say that. I was not saying say we're going to have a lot of questions answered, but I don't even think that's true. I think it's going to start to lead us down this path where we're going to have a, a little bit more of an idea of the framework of what they want to do with the saga overall. Mm-hmm. But we're going to start diving into some territories that I think when we heard multiverse in the beginning, we were hopeful we were going to go toward that. You know what I mean? I think there were rumors very early on that um, we were going to see Deadpool at some point. Now, it didn't mean – I don't know if that means within the series. I don't know if that means it's going to be a post-credit stinger at the end of season two, if Loki was going to have an interaction with Wade. Like, I don't know, but that's a big part of it because of the rumors going around, too, that he's going to be killing off the Fox universe. So there's a lot of ways we can go with this. I, I, I agree with you. I think we should wait – hold off on the theories until the end, but yes, I would love yes. to dive into that conversation. But let's start with what we do see, right? Hmm. This is a showcase for me uh, for uh, Ravona mm-hmm. and uh, miss minutes, yes, has uh, has a big role in this as well. So it's sort of a continuation from week three. Um, and again, that that version of Victor timely, his that Kang variant that we see, um has a lot more depth to him in this episode, which I really appreciated. and it it's such a testament to Major's performance to. Play multiple versions of a character and dive deeper within a section of a character. Like, it's it's mind-blowing to yes, me. Yes, it is. It is. It's just <laughs> it's incredible. It, it, it's crazy. Yeah. So um, let's start with the fact that we get a reveal in this episode that Ravona Renslayer was working with He Who Remains the whole time.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: We get that reveal. Uh, and... Was that something that surprised you? Did that catch you off guard or was it something that in the back of your head you always might have had an inkling that they had known each other previously? Because we don't see her have any interaction with Jonathan Majors up until we get to um, the point of the last episode in this season. Even though she goes off to try to find him, we don't see her. In the back half or not the back half but the last episode or last couple episodes of season one and then we get her in episode three so was that a was that something that you could have speculated on or what were your thoughts on it in general
1: Uh, i feel like prior to a couple episodes ago it was something that i definitely would have never speculated to happen um i knew that i know that i've heard that that's something that happened in the comments i think you might have mentioned that as well last mm-hmm. episode or yeah or something. i think they
0: have like a romantic relationship or something in they, the comics yeah. yeah yeah
1: but i honestly knew nothing about her character at all to be honest and like i didn't even know the significance during loki season one and so to be honest it, it, there was a bit of a surprise but not completely because a couple episodes ago <laughs> i remember we heard that that audio where you could hear him kind of like saying like uh, like he thanked her for helping him lead mm. so you knew that there was something bigger than that um and then like i feel like the last episode we kind of saw a spark of romance when you saw that they were talking Mm. so that also kind of hinted that okay there was something here present between them and that kind of like sparked a lot so it wasn't as big of a shock um i do think that there are parts of it that are a bit shocking though um like uh i don't know just like the way he decided to do things like like erasing her mind like that's something i know that like we all knew he did to all of yes them. yeah yeah. but just like the way he did it and how it was like so quick and easy for him and just so kang of him yeah <laughs> to do and so i don't know it, it didn't really surprise me um but i actually re-watched loki season one a little bit just a little bit
0: recently like, or like leading up to season two this past week wow okay all right so give me this give me yes, I, uh, I need to hear your take on this yes it's so so rewatching it
1: um again it's something that you really would not see And the way that they like set this up like going into loki season one um and just kind of how they had her character as just really like this like dominant sort of like representing this i have no idea like what i'm doing but i'm here representing it I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like it, it. it's just, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just feel like it's good. I feel like where she's at now um, makes a lot of sense. It does, actually. It's it's weird. You couldn't see it, but you can kind of see it to a degree. Um, they, they kind of dropped a few things during season one um, that, again, kind of hinted at there being some sort of connection between them again mm-hmm. um and uh but it was still so like it was so new at the yeah. time that you like really and and so to me I knew nothing about it, so it was like like small things like her dedication like to a degree like of uh, it being as crazy as it is and things like that and like that like uncertainty of her maybe knowing something bigger but not too sure in season one and like all of it kind of plays into to their connection
0: yeah well she doesn't play her hand a lot in that even if she was aware of he remains but i love how i think in season one too right she's like rediscovering this whole other aspect of it Mm -hmm. and she's seeking that out when she walks through the time door in season one to go and find i think it's victor Timely or some variant of kang Yeah, yeah um so I think there's a lot more to be said and to see with the connection between those two characters. Mm-hmm. We do get something. And again, just for everybody, if you didn't already get this, spoilers <laughs> ahead. Spoilers <laughs> already being talked about. Um, yeah. We see at the end of the episode that uh, what we think is that Timely is dead. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing that I was not expecting. Uh Because so much was built up to that moment and he wanted to take on – he wanted to be the one to basically save the temporal um, loom and make it all sort of work. And he finally shows this moment of bravery, this version of the character. And he withers away very similar to how Mr. Fantastic did in uh, Multiverse (laughs) of Madness, (laughs) like spaghetti everywhere. (laughs) But to me, uh, I think there's still more to be seen. Yes. Yeah. Uh, with Ravona and Kang. Yes. I don't know if we're gonna see more of Victor. Do you? Do you want to see more of Victor? Do you think that we're gonna see more of Victor? Uh, we're jumping into the theories. Yeah. Let, let's. Because <laughs> I, I, right I think in. that I think that it's a it's a central point. Uh, his character show, like I said, shows a lot more depth mm. in this episode. Yeah. We saw. Uh, there. He's, man. He's just such a good actor, and, and he has all these little moments throughout where he plays perfectly within the character. And you see him take this leap and he obviously loses his life potentially because of it. So we think. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's let's hear what you got. Uh, I'm curious. What do, you, what do you think? You think Victor? No, I'm talking Victor Timely in particular. Yes. You think we see him again before the end of Loki season two?
1: I do believe we will see Victor Timely again. I don't know if it will be in the same sort of way that we've been seeing him. Okay. Um, but I do not think that he's dead. At least he's not fully, maybe he's not fully Victor timely. So <laughs> that was a bad explanation. Let me okay. explain it a little bit better. I believe that when he got spadettied, because of that radiation um, and because of everything else that happened at the end of the episode, and seeing that basically they failed and what looked like to be the creation fully of or like the expansion of these branches yes and the expansion of the multiverse i believe that him being outside of there and being absorbed into that sort of aura was I, him being expanded everywhere into every sort of okay. multiverse. and i believe that that moment we just watched the victor because i believe that every kang variant is a variant of victor timely i believe that so he's the original one. He's the original. And I think that what we just watched is him being dispersed again across the entire multiverse
0: as it's being expanded. Okay. So you think – you think? do you know in the comment – is he the original one? I don't know. Okay. He's, so you, know. you're you're going with the theory that you believe Victor Timely is the Kang that sets it off. I do. From the very beginning.
1: I do. And I don't know if that means that before the last episode of this season we might see him again in like a – way where maybe he's confronted by another version of Kang or another couple and like that's where he kind of is open to the idea of oh snap like there are other Kangs not only that but we're powerful this could have gave him power Yeah, you never know he, just, he got attacked by a lot of radiation Yeah, so any one of those Kangs could be that it could explain any and everything yes. as to why they're as powerful as they are I feel like we will see him again sort of in like a way that um and uh in uh infinity infinity war um when they were inside the stone and it was kind of like the red sort of you know what i'm talking about an in infinity war where it
0: was I'm trying like, to think when they're in the stone
1: i think they were like in the stone but they were like in some something i think it might have been where they all got sent to okay <laughs> they got dusted or okay whatever. But something like that where it's like the equivalent of like like a bright light heaven sort of okay. place is what I'm trying to get at.
0: Purgatory, in Purgatory a sense. Purgatory sort All of right. thing.
1: I think that we might see him with them or something like that. Or some version of, of of Victor. Again, we will see him. But that will be Victor then coming to the understanding of what just happened and what's really to come.
0: I, I like the theory of him sort of... Because he's such an intelligent guy and mm-hmm. I think there's going to be other versions of Kang that are very persuasive that are like, hey, listen, like you were able to build this all on your own, like in a time where you didn't have the tech to do it. Like we need you, bud. Like mm-hmm. you could be you could be the Kang to to make it all work. Yeah. And and I think he's going to become very power hungry. Mm-hmm. Um. So I like that theory for mm-hmm. sure. What was your overall thought as soon as he sort of withered away? Were you like? Because it's, it's somewhat of a funny <laughs> – It's hilarious. It's a funny visual. <laughs> it's, it's not only a funny visual, but it's also like just how it <laughs> – there's so much tenseness built up to this moment. The music is heavy. The synths are loud. Yeah. You have all these cutaways to every character right before he goes out there. Mm-hmm. And he finally steps out and he's like, ah! <laughs> and he's just gone. And you're like – what the (laughs) hell just happened and they're all just standing there like
1: uh (laughs) like what the yeah and i know it just i don't know it it was so funny first initial view when i watched i laughed out loud yeah because the scream it it just was so unexpected that it was like and the reaction again that that they all gave yes it was a funny moment but then I think that it took, like, a second for that that comedic effect to wear off to realize, like, oh, snap, wait a second. Like, this is actually kind of big. Like, yeah. as funny as this is, this could be huge. Yes. So, I mean, like, yes, the moment it happened, it did catch me off guard completely. Yeah, yeah, I was laughing my ass off. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, but, no, nah, it, I think that it was the best way that they could have done it. Um, and like you said, every, like, sort of thing leading up to it was just not at all. It was such a buildup. And they do this thing this this season and just in Loki maybe mm-hmm. um, where like they'll do like this – I think it's mainly this season where they do like this like slow, intense zoom in. And a lot of these shots are like – a lot of these shots are kind of like like very
0: like ominous. I don't know if you've noticed. Yeah. They kind of give off like a, a bit of a horror vibe. I think it's interesting because I think they're they're doing that as a strategy to try to make you look closer. Mm. But at the same time, I think so much of the season is – a retread of last season. Cause it's like a paradox. It's like a giant time paradox. Like we're starting from scratch. We're starting over. We're starting from the beginning of the time. Mm-hmm. We're, and I think that a lot of that is like, I think it's a really good theory on your part to think that we're going to basically start from the beginning, which is not like Victor timely is the beginning of time, mm-hmm. but he's coming from this somewhere way in the past of the MCU timeline. I would love to see them play in that timeline more. Like, if we ever get to a point, like, even in a future Avengers movie, if we start jumping universes and you see, like, some of our heroes in, like, different garb and they're, like, fighting in, like, 1850 Chicago, like, to me, that'd be sick. Um, But, yeah, man, I I think that it was really smart, too, for them to end this episode on a cliffhanger. Like, it was – you finally had something at the end of an episode this season where – it was the first time this season where I was like, oh, fuck, I need more. Like, I want more from this, like, right now. And the first season, I think you get that, like, five out of six episodes. Like, you're like, what am I watching? I need to learn more. This, I think it's been taking its time a little bit, mm-hmm. not for the lack of a better term. But <laughs> it 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 starts thrusting things in such a different direction. I do want to cl- talk about one aspect, um, which I thought was very interesting. It was one of my favorite things. That I've seen um, throughout this whole season, which is the interaction that I sort of previewed a, a little bit in the beginning between Majors uh, Timely and Ki Kwan's OB. Oh, yeah. Where he meets him and he's like, oh, my God, you're Ouroboros. He goes, you wrote the TVA handbook. And he's like, no, but you're Victor Timely. And I got my research from from you. Mm-hmm. So how is that making sense? And it's like the whole chicken and the egg yeah. sort of thing, <sighs> and it leads to a it leads to a great comedic moment. But it's something that I start to speculate the role that Ouroboros has in all of this because he talks about it too. Because the snake that ate the tail, and that's what an Ouroboros is like the literal name. Remember we talked about that week one. Oh yeah, wow. So he might be he might have a deeper sort of resonance in this whole Kang sphere.
1: I, I did think about that like it, i didn't think about it as deep as you did because mm-hmm. that's that's, like, <laughs> that's just research yeah, yeah, yeah right. like i yeah.
0: said that screen crush that's ryan airy that's <laughs> research is reading a lot online honestly uh, yeah but no but i um i did like
1: as soon as that interaction happened first of all great interaction like um, again like both those characters are like the highlights of, mm-hmm. of the season so aside from loki too yeah. yeah um but that was a great moment but i do agree that or Will probably play a bigger role because, to to a degree, Ouroboros is the one that created this, if you think about it. Because, I mean, like, he is, like, the like you said, like, he is the what's the death, what's the 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 snake that eats the the tail, the snake that eats the tail. Yeah, so I do believe that he will have a bigger part in this. I do believe that Kang will use him
0: a lot. Yeah, that's what I think too. Yeah, I do. He's going to be an orchestrator. I think, I think that so much of it, he there's a line of dialogue too. That goes back to your theory, which I think is – is again, just plays into how you might have your hand on the pulse a little bit with what we might see happen. Mm-hmm. He goes, well, I got – I was inspired by this historical figure. He goes, and this guy would have been as big as Einstein if he had the resources. That went immediately to Victor Timely's head. Mm-hmm. How could it not? It's like, well, this guy was brilliant. And if he just had a little bit more at his disposal, now if this guy is stretched across multiple universes – With all the resources that he needs and builds these cults, essentially, of himself, Mm -hmm. there's a lot to play with there. So I think that Kihoi Kwan is going to have a much bigger and maybe sinister role by the end of this.
1: I do, too. And it might it might not even be the only time we see him in this in this phase, to be honest. Yeah, obviously, the TVA is is because Loki property, but he that he's playing way too much of a role. In the Kang dynasty, for him to strictly just be a Loki character at this yeah. point. Yeah. At least how I view him. I, think I, I agree. So, yeah.
0: I'm I'm curious if if they start to play around with maybe he's like a variant. Mm. Like, is OB a different variant of Kang? Because he's inspired by Victor Timely, but Victor Timely's inspired by his writings. Like, is it a front? Is it Is it just another variant that they created for the show that's not comic accurate? Because Marvel has also done that, right? Marvel does not – Feige's talked about this so many times. They do not um, create adaptations of the comic books. They take moments of the comics. They're inspired by the comics. But they have their own writer's rooms. They go their own direction. They're inspired by the character traits. But they take their own liberties a lot. I mean, even you saw that in Infinity War and Endgame. Like, Endgame is built from scratch, essentially. And Infinity War doesn't follow the Infinity War comic to a T. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, we are aware, based in a comedic moment in the first season, that Loki variants, for example, don't all look the same. Yes, yes. So, now we have a post credit scene where we see a bunch of different Kangs, right? Mm-hmm. But, who knows if a Kang variant can look like ki Kwan.
1: Uh, I I could totally look. I mean, like we also got it with Spider Man too. If you really think about it, now yes, Spider Man look alike.
0: Yeah. So, and yeah. that's Spider Verse. Where you, you're talking Spider Verse, or you're talking? I'm talking about. Spider-Man. Oh, even just in No, no Way Home. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, it's very
1: possible for them to do something like that, and it would make sense. I could totally see that. Yeah. Um, we're about to get a bunch of, a bunch of versions of Kang. So I don't think I don't think it would hurt to obviously,
0: have sort of a different view on it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm um give me something else that was a highlight for you in this episode
1: um let me see uh i wanted to ask you about um uh i mean there was actually something else i was going to say actually that tied into the theory before okay um, that just kind of i think kind of makes things make more sense a little bit because i like i like how you started this whole talk off about how loki will maybe make things make sense for the future but that also kind of showcase what's to come Mm -hmm. Um, or at least made sense of as to what's happened already yeah yeah because a lot of the multiverses kind of fell through with what they've done um i genuinely believe that whatever happened at the end of this episode happened at the same time as (laughs) everything that we've already seen so i believe that can you explain that to me a little more i believe and maybe this is a stretch maybe this is as stretched out as victor timely but, <laughs> but i feel like whatever happened because i genuinely believe that that last moment we just watched like the creation of a lot of things okay and i do believe that maybe other things were happening at that moment like i believe that maybe this is a prime example of marvel playing around with time and how they're releasing things yeah yeah so i'll give you a prime example um keep saying prime (laughs) i'll give you an example um doctor strange in spider-man that whole moment when he did the whole spell obviously like peter kind of messed
0: things up in that moment with Mm -hmm. things
1: but we don't really know at this point when things are happening and stuff like that. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, yeah, In maybe.
0: terms of the like sacred timeline. Exactly.
1: Yes. Okay. So how do we know that at the same time that he did that that uh, spell, the events of Loki where that we just watched didn't just happen. Like, so know?
0: so basically your theory is that because of Timely's death yes. or spaghettied mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. At the same time of that happening it has essentially led some other characters to make like uncharacteristic choices that have further seen the multiverse sort of crack through.
1: Yes. Yes. I believe that. Basically what I'm trying to say is that I believe that certain events that have happened already have now happened simultaneously. Not only that, but after the fact too. So I'll give you another example. Ant-Man returning after his fight with Kang. He's for sure in another multi, in another universe, because at that point the multiverse was already open because of what had just happened in this episode.
0: Oh, so you don't think he returns back to his original universe? Maybe that's another conversation for another No, podcast. it is. That's a, I actually <laughs> but, didn't, uh, I've never seen that theory, so that's interesting. I
1: don't. I believe at the end of Ant-Man, when you see him like walking around... Being like, happy, I, yeah. Yeah, he's not in his... I don't think he's in the
0: actual okay. universe. And I, I like, believe that all of
1: the things that we're seeing, though, have either happened, like you said, simultaneously with what we're watching right now, or it happened after the fact, and at this time, the multiverse has already been created, but this is the moment where certain parts of it are really being created not just the multiverse but the multiverse and sort of in the kang dynasty yeah, yes is what i'm trying okay to say. yeah
0: in the multiversal saga yes okay yes
1: yes because very I think interesting it, i don't think we've seen it all obviously yeah yeah we but, st-
0: i mean we still have a lot of movies in the phase we got two avengers movies coming up yes, yes. so there's a lot mm-hmm. oh and so, man and so, now my mind's go you got my mind going
1: huh? <laughs> i tell you i've been theorizing like great <laughs> Mauro, you guys are gonna pay for my therapy bills because I need these episodes right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's it called? No, but um, just overall, how do you you know like what did you think about just the events of the of the the how it ended? You know everything.
0: Yeah, I, I think that like just to circle back a little bit, I think that so much is gonna be so heavily invested in this villain, the. Not opposite, but very different to how the first few phases were with Thanos, right? Like, we get these little glimpses of Thanos, mm-hmm. but so much of the story is reliant on Kang's service to the multiverse mm-hmm. that we got those little inklings of him. We see the He Who Remains, and now we get him as the villain in Quantumania. If all goes well, mm-hmm. knock on wood, obviously, we hope everything is okay with the trial of Jonathan Majors and, um, however they decide to go in that direction because if god forbid they have to recast i mean he's kang you can you can make him look however you want him to look mm-hmm. this character is going to be i feel in almost everything going forward now like the, you can't ignore it anymore yeah. this is not an eternal situation mm-hmm. right where we have a giant uh, sentient being f- fucking floating out of the ice that we haven't addressed at all since then yeah. which also could play in the multiverse of it all like Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. Like Eternals is, I'm we so we could have a whole conversation probably about that movie because there's so much that happens in it. Yeah, yeah. But that whole aspect with the Eternals, how this giant fight happens between gods, mm-hmm. is never talked about <laughs> since it happened. That in and of itself can be something where it's being fucked around with time. Like Kang could have put them in a separate universe where nobody is aware of who the fuck these people are. Yeah. No, you know what right. I mean? There, right. there, there's so much that we can go into with him. Uh, I think, I think we have to wait and see. There's a lot to theorize, <laughs> but so we still need we need some more shoes to drop. We, we need do. some more shoes to drop. We do. We're um, crazy with the going to a more grounded part mm-hmm. that I really enjoyed from this episode too, and we finally get a really good Loki Sylvie moment in this episode. When she gets really pissed off about them not being able to make a decision, she goes, "Why don't we all just go and get pie? You guys want to just go get pie? Oh, yeah. We'll just go fucking sit down and get pie." <laughs> then she ends up where the uh, in the cafeteria where the key limes pie uh, pie is, but they have uh, and that's the funny and that's this episode to me was the closest thing to season one. Where you get the perfect balance of comedy mm-hmm. and sci-fi and drama. This episode, as like we said a little bit off camera, I was like, dude, this this reached an apex for me. And I was so happy because like if last week's episode was like seven on like the scale of one to ten, this one like broke the Richter scale. Like it got above it for me because mm-hmm. there was so much that was essential to this central storyline as well as the MCU as a whole. Mm-hmm. But the moments where the moment where she goes, Well, what do you just want us to play God? It's fucking great. Oh yeah. She goes, You just want us to play gods? And he's like, I hate to break it to you. We're uh we're we're fucking gods, dude. Like, what do you want? Right? Like hard, it was hard. it was awesome. So what did what did you think about that moment?
1: I thought that I thought that 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 specific moment right there was hard. I thought that just like tough. Like, oh man, and I knew it was gonna be like like cause we are gods, but just like it was delivered perfectly. Um but I loved I do I did uh really like Sylvie and Loki's interaction um a lot this episode. I loved Sylvie a lot this episode. Um I kind of mentioned in the last episode where we when we talked that I wasn't a, a big fan of what they were doing with Sylvie um so far. Um but this episode I feel like Sylvie was not only back, but she also represented the uh the audience to a degree. Yes. Because I have been, like, wondering what headspace Mobius has been in this entire season. And so, like, like her finally being, like, like pie, like, things like that. And, like, like hitting thing, things like that. I just felt like she was a lot more relatable, which mm-hmm. I feel like she was to a degree in season one. Um, but be- as far as their interaction, I thought that um, it was, again, that season one sort of interaction, like you said, and it, it felt more... It, just, it, it honestly felt a little bit more natural. Uh, yes. Too. It did. It really did. Um, as a whole, everybody talking um, together. I don't know. It just felt like it, it it, it worked a lot better. Um, and uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I actually did have a question that I want to ask you. Yes. A specific moment um, where you saw uh, we kind of like had that uh, cutback. To episode one where you saw yeah so we Sylvia. when we see him pruning himself yes, yes yes i was just gonna ask you what did you think how did you like that
0: i like the scene? execution of it exactly. i thought i thought it i it had a really good through line from episode one it made that moment in episode one feel more earned mm-hmm. um and i think that sort of jettisoned us into that other sphere with Sylvie and loki again where So much of the last couple episodes have been them obviously having confrontation and being on, like, opposite sides of the coin, so to speak. Yeah. But none of it is done in a way with, like, nuanced writing. And none of it is done with, like, what you said feels like an authentic voice of both Sylvie and Loki together. Mm -hmm. This episode as a whole was, to me, the closest thing to season one Sylvie and Loki where you start to see that relationship develop. And it feels like they're starting to redevelop it. Yeah. They both felt so comfortable in seeing each other Mm -hmm. that when you see it from this perspective, kind of going backwards and seeing what we saw in episode one. So I really like that. But the other side of it, too, is she plays the opposite side. She's like you said, playing the audience. All Sylvie knows of the TVA is bad. Mm -hmm. Everything she's ever had to deal with with this organization has been bad. Now, there are people within the organization, Mobius B-15. um. Even, I guess, Docs to a certain degree, that older character that is um, is talking alongside, uh, I think it was X5, who was in some of the early, earlier oh, yeah. episodes. Kinda, like, the, the... I think she's uh, Scottish, her mm-hmm. character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of them are trying to fix everything. And she's like, why? Why? Why do you want to fix like this is it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter like we're already <laughs> screwed. I was trying to live my life the way I was trying to live it. You guys dragged me back in here mm-hmm. because she's like I made my decision already. And Loki's like, well, we got to try something else like again, like you. She, she's like, well, it's not up to us. We're not gods. And that kind of takes you back to that dramatic difference that they have between the two of them, which I think is a really big strength to their relationship and constantly butting heads, uh, but in a healthy way. Like, I I think one of them is going to die relatively soon. I don't know if it's going to be by the end of the season. But I think it's going to it's going to sort of push us into this other. I, I have a feeling it's going to be Sylvie. Yeah, I have a feeling.
1: I have a feeling as well, just because. Knowing Loki's character and knowing the misfortune that he cut that he gets, I feel like it will help skyrocket him. And also this, this sort of hero arc. That he's on too, I feel like that will kind of push it a little bit more. Maybe that could give it more meaning, yeah, for what he's chasing or what he's trying to do. Or I don't really think he knows what he's trying to chase right now. He just wants to figure things out and answer these questions. And I mean, he does; he knows what's happening, but
0: it's a departure from his character, exactly. which is very interesting too. I would love to like sit and talk to a casual viewer because I think Tom Hiddleston is just so likable, mm-hmm. and he. I don't think this is like him playing Loki. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are – season one you could see there was more Loki to him because then he starts to sort of become this different version of the character. But this season feels like an entirely different character, yeah. which could be something else entirely. Like maybe I'm reading too much into it. That Who knows? I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's hard to speculate and theorize when so much of this is the unknown until it starts to be laid out in front of us, the way that it was like in the finale of season one, mm-hmm. when he who remains does such a great job of being like, well, this is the way it was. And this is the way that it could have been. And this is what you guys have a choice to make. And like, it has to be laid out that way in order for you to be able to be like, all right, I think I get it now, but we're going to have a lot more of that in this phase. We are. Yeah. We are. This is just the beginning of this. It season. is. It's yeah, definitely yeah. just the beginning. Um, another big moment. We, we prefaced it a little bit earlier on, uh, we do get another interesting death cuz miss minutes oh yeah uh, oh miss gosh. minutes basically just ceases to exist yeah so we see her and ravona get back to the TVA start to try to get um x5 and other people on board trying to help her uh get victor timely to essentially go back to fix Um, Not necessarily like the prune timelines, but trying to have this different – wants to reset the TVA, Mm -hmm. essentially, and make him the leader and make them leaders. Mm -hmm. Miss Minutes um, gets uh, taken down. And I think it's – who is it that ultimately takes Miss Minutes down? Is it OB? OB. It is OB, right? Yeah. So that's another thing to me where it's like, is, is OB in on this? Does he know something that that the audience might not know you know but we get a really cool um digital like effect of her death
1: yeah
0: uh which i thought was was really cool what did you what did you think about her uh her death scene
1: her death scene was it was good it was still sassy as miss minutes is gonna be um i thought that um it kind of needed to happen uh, to be honest i think that miss minutes character um is so good um it's a really good character but it offers such a level of that uncertainty. Cause you almost feel like she knows something. She knows a lot of stuff yes. that she's not saying. And she could. And like the fact that she's here and like she's she's almost like playing a certain character. Um and I feel like she kind of just needed to be taken out of that equation just for us to really be able to focus on certain things without don't oh, know it also kind of just matched I felt um, Victor's death in a certain way because I feel like again there are a lot of answers that come with both of those characters and them dying the way that they did I feel like that's just pushing that uncertainty and <clears throat> pushing that story a little bit further um, so again I feel like it was important I think it was it was good her dying the way that she did um, I will say though that that scene was very crazy not the death scene of of her but the death scene of her and um, uh, Ravona killing those other people, <laughs> yes, that was a major. This see, this season has been pretty dark. It has been dark. It's been a dark season. Yeah. Um. But that was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, it kind of showed just the headspace that a lot of these characters are really in. Did
0: um, you Did you also see uh, the marketing uh, social media ploy really cool by Marvel where on their Instagram account for Loki hmm. they got rid of every previous post. And it was only one of Ms. Minutes going. Access denied. Access denied. <laughs> so they're they're leaving the breadcrumbs. They're they're trying to get everybody to theorize, which I love. I, I again, getting us back into this territory where we can have audience speculation and excitement around what is to come in the overall vision mm-hmm. is the sweet spot of what the MCU should be. Yeah. and I think that. There's so much that happens in this episode, and they do a great job of, like, the ensemble of it all. Like, they cut back to every character, and everyone gets their moment. Even Mobius, Mm -hmm. where Sylvie sort of questions him on that. Like, Mobius had that whole story in the first season where he wants to get to the jet ski. And everyone's talking about the jet, and he has a family, and everyone's like, when are we going to get more on that? And then she's like, you never went back to find out? Like, you never – and I think it's because he's unaware of it because so much of it has been wiped. And I'm curious if like this whole – the whole TVA was behind helping he who remains get to where he was at. And then he wiped everybody's brains. Like that's something we, – we know that he wiped everybody anyway. But how much of an effect did all these other people have? Are we going to see something at the end of this season where Loki is basically seeing it replayed for him? That Mobius is a big part of why the universe was what it was with He Who Remains.
1: That's actually a major. I didn't even think about it like that at all. And that
0: could be another, like, that could be just as emotionally draining as Sylvie dying. Like, him being, like, seeing that Mobius is behind all this, that he was trying to protect against, and he almost killed Loki because of it. Mm -hmm. And he has no, like, Mobius is going to be like, I don't even know. Like, that that's not what I know because my brain is wiped, you know? Yeah, yeah no, know.
1: That's a major point because you really don't – like you said, you don't know how much of the extent all of these people have played. Knowing that uh, Renslayer has played as much of a part that she has and he wiped all their memories and hers, they had to have played – And honestly, any bit of help is something yeah. at this point. So, I mean, like – that's a whole other story I didn't even think about in that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, op- it opens all these different theories, all these different things that we can start to see play out in the next couple of weeks. Um, the loom is still destabilized. I mean, it implodes at the end. You don't know what that means for the future of these characters. I don't think that the loom will ever be fixed. Okay even after the war potentially in secret
1: wars i think that after the war then like maybe it could get fits then but i think that uh the loom is in some way remember that chair that an ant-man that he was, yes like... and
0: he shows the like the prototype and that's yeah. like this is my greatest thing yeah yeah i think that he's gonna try
1: and create like have his own loom essentially and like that would be the time loom.
0: Or he'll be... I don't know. I just don't think... Like he'll be trapped in in his own loom by the end of maybe this phase? Yeah. The saga, I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something like that. Okay. Interesting.
1: But I think that the loom will be uh, not not repaired for a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, We covered mostly everything, Mm -hmm. I think. Uh, Any speculation for what we could see next week? Oh, man. I really have
1: no idea. I think maybe... It would be cool this is if i was marvel i would go about netsuite's episode with a little bit more bat story of victor timely okay i would just to show him just because i feel like there's a lot to that character that we've seen in a little bit but there's a lot that we still haven't seen.
0: So, are you thinking more in terms of like a solo episode of his character in his time, sort of thing? Interesting. Younger, seeing him kind of come up a little bit, sort of thing. I would love what that.
1: Makes him, and that could be the whole episode. And then it could get back to what happened in the last episode of that happens. I just feel like his character is still so like still you can't trust him. Do you agree? And he's so wise, he's so smart, but there's just something about his he's Kang. So there's something about him that we need to know that what in him coming
0: up kind of trauma caused. Him. I was that's I was going to say it has <laughs> to be trauma-inducing, something that – I mean, again, it could be as simple as him being bullied. You hope it's not that yeah. simple. <laughs> right, right. But like something that made him tick. Yeah. That made him start to just be like, all right, well, then I'm just going to become the smartest person in the world and I'm going to make sure that these people – Exactly. Exactly. So I feel like that would be the
1: best way to go about it, and then get back to the regular schedule. Then season. Then I mean, the last episode could be literally anything because like it could just pick up. But I just feel like we need to see Victor Timely a little bit more before this
0: happens. So I want to do a little bit of research really quick before we wrap this up because I I I don't. That's not. I wasn't anticipating that, Mm -hmm. but I think that would be perfect. So Mm -hmm. I'm gonna stick with that. I think. (laughs) Michael you did a great job there I think that's exactly what I would do (laughs) Mm -hmm. because you start to get a little bit more of of that version of the character Um, but I want to look ahead a little bit um, to see what else is coming from Marvel in the next couple of years because or at least 2024 because though I do think that's a great way to proceed you would have probably so many different characters to touch on by the time you get to the final episode Mm-hmm. That I feel like there has to be some sort of continuation relatively quickly to bring us back with the within the TVA because there's so much that's going to be sort of weighing.
1: I think that that could be as soon as the Marvels. <clears throat> I think that we're okay. going to see a Kang variant, not maybe like a major part of that movie, even if it's just like a post credit scene. I yeah. think it will be as soon as I,
0: I was gonna. All right, so I think a post credit scene in the Marvels would be a smart play. Yeah, um, and it would be. A reasonable play mm-hmm. i'm curious now which obviously this doesn't have a major effect on the story but it has to be in consideration the sag strike is still happening as of this recording mm-hmm. and i think deadpool 3 was the first scheduled mcu film in 2024 mm-hmm. and it's also deadpool's like mcu debut yes. <laughs> i think that a lot of that film is going to have to do with this yeah and oh, yes. so if that gets pushed now. Do we think that we start to lose the audience again? That's what I'm worried about, frankly, because we don't have – I don't believe between the Marvels, even Disney Plus series, I don't know what we'd have maybe in between. Echo I know is wrapped, um, and I think so is Wanda, uh, Darkhold Diaries. So um, we could maybe see something with Wanda, but I think that's – uh, not Wanda. I'm sorry. Um, Agatha. Agatha um, Darkhold Diaries. Mm-hmm. So we can maybe see something with Agatha Harkness maybe, but do you think that we just go maybe post-credit marbles and then we we hope for a timely release with with Deadpool 3, which as of right now is scheduled for May 3rd of 2024, but They still have to finish filming. They're almost done. I believe that the director, Sean Levy, said they were 98% done before the strike hit. Oh, really? No way. So they're close. But you got to think a movie. And now they did film a lot on practical sets. But I'm hearing through rumors. It's a big ensemble. There's going to be a lot that happens. If the TVA is involved, there's going to be even more CGI, right? Mm -hmm. You have to think that movie gets pushed unless the strike wraps up tomorrow right like we're most likely getting it pushed even if it's just a couple months of july do you think that that's a little too much time in between that you might start to lose interest or uh yes i do
1: i think that marvel they're lucky enough to be in a place where um like it's like the same way as how they've been releasing kind of like bad content but we're still watching Mm -hmm. like i feel like marvel's lucky enough that they have that fan base that like someone is gonna watch it no matter what i do though think that a lot of these things are gonna affect that and it's gonna have a lot of people losing interest i know myself I might lose a little bit of interest at times. I don't
0: think I'll lose interest actually.
1: I'm like, after Loki, I'm like, yeah. I,
0: I think, but that's the yeah. thing. And it, you have to have, they have to have a consistency streak again. That's the problem, right? With yeah. with the MCU early on, there was, you knew what you were getting, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was popcorn, is yeah. what it was. And I, I don't mean to say that as, as a big MCU fan, mm-hmm. you get so accustomed to their formula and also you're invested in that story. This phase, has moments that can get you invested again. And luckily we're coming off a high of this Loki episode. But by the time this wraps up, which we might end on a high and be like, this is so exciting. We don't know what's going to happen with the Marvels. We don't know. We might love the Marvels. Mm-hmm. We might not like the Marbles. Yeah. After that, if we go to X, ec- so let's say we don't like the Marvels, which is based around a billion dollar character in Brie Larson's version of Captain Marvel made over a billion dollars at the box office. The first movie you bring in Monica Rambeau and you bring in Miss Marvel. Have you watched Miss Marvel? Yeah, I did. Okay. I loved Miss Marvel. I actually thought Miss Marvel was one of the better Disney Plus shows they've done personally. Okay. That's a whole other conversation if we want to another <laughs> okay. day. But I think so much is on the relationship between her and Captain Marvel in this. But if for some reason that doesn't hit, the next thing you're gonna hinge on then is either the character of Echo, which you get introduced in a lackluster. Hawkeye series, or Agatha, which though she was a very popular character by the end of WandaVision, it just seems like a lot of her story is gonna be over here. It does
1: seem like that. I I believe that, and maybe this is just me trying to follow that Marvel formula, I believe that there will maybe be something in Agatha that will be very like catching the audience off guard sort of thing that will play a major role. Um I don't know if that will tie Doctor Strange and Wanda back into it. Um, But um, I do feel like those two characters are also a very important part of Kang and this story moving forward. Um, I do think that in between, they are probably going to, just because there are a lot of things that they want to release for this Mm. whole saga, at least. Um, I do think that a lot of releases won't fully be focused with this it will be setting up a lot of other things as well so for example echo that might be solely just to set up daredevil you know as like another sort of character Mm -hmm. um or just kind of build that sort of street world yeah yeah um which is something like i that's another thing that marvel has been kind of doing as well is still building not just this saga but building small parts of yeah it, the like, new
0: avengers is one exactly, part of it the street level yeah, like, heroes team, is another one Yeah, like yeah.
1: teams and everything and like um so i mean like they're doing a lot i feel like it's just gonna be a very slow thing no matter what uh the the strike is gonna be a, it's gonna affect it no matter what it's yeah. already affected so many things um so i feel like that will always be an ongoing sort of unless they fix it tomorrow please fix it tomorrow yeah <laughs> but um I don't know. I feel like that for sure will be an ongoing factor and they will lose some people. They will lose some people throughout it. But again, then it just goes to who are the the diehard fans that I guess are watching the things they've been putting out. Yeah, it's true. We
0: fall under that category, though. if you didn't already know that. (laughs) Um, So all in all, though, I think that we both really, really loved uh-huh. this episode i oh, think it yes. brought us to a different sort of feeling that we haven't had since the first season of the show mm-hmm. probably the best feeling we've had in a long time with mcu content
1: yes definitely. Um, episode three was good but it was nice that this solidified the fact that okay we are back in a motion like yes. it, is, it wasn't just that episode like maybe like this could be the start of like
0: This Back in the swing of things. Yes, Yes. for sure, for sure. Um, So that's going to do it for us covering episode four of Loki, Heart of the TVA. We talked about a lot of stuff here. We theorized a lot. Michael came out strong (laughs) with theories, which we love. We have two episodes left. (sighs) Yes. Very, very exciting times indeed. Anything else you want to add just to wrap up?
1: I'm excited. I can't wait for the next talk.
0: No, that's how I feel too. Just signing off, guys. I am Darian Scalamoni. I'm Michael Penniston.